Hello and welcome back to another podcast. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be in regards to the mentality going into the weight loss journey, the mentality going into the weight progression journey, uh, just the overall mentality needed for uh, health and how that impacted my life and how it potentially could help and impact yours. Um, This is kind of going, it's going to go into some personal um, stories of mine and kind of some things that have come to the understanding of how I got to over 500 pounds, which um, wasn't an easy process, but you know, with food addiction, uh, with the improper pathways, uh, I say that meaning I I just didn't have a good understanding of of nutrition and what a lot of things are and and due to a lot of uh, other factors, you know, emotion, stress, a lot of other things, I got to 534 pounds and that for me was uh, the highest weight recorded, could have been higher, but I remember standing on the scale and the doctor stating this doesn't go higher. Uh, go above 525, so anything above it that it registers is is close, but it's it's not exact. And so I remember when the uh, scale said 533.8, and so the 534 that I reference is pretty much what I can best see on a scale as far as how much my weight was. And um, there's something recently that happened in the gym that kind of made a little bit more of a, um, it helped me understand a little bit more on my drive and the push that I've got, especially because I do get the question a lot uh, on comments or in DMs, you know, what kept you motivated along the journey? And maybe I can shed some light on that and maybe possibly give a, um, a point of direction on how to uh, find that if there is even motivation along the way. Uh, talk about that, uh, but then also talk about the mentality going into the weight loss journey itself. So uh, I'll preface this, or I'll say this up front, that if this is you, um, I, I am speaking from an observational standpoint. So if this is you and your attendance is like this, this isn't speaking negatively or anything like that. This is simply speaking um, objectively, is that the, the word? Uh, speaking from a observation standpoint. So. Uh, I'll start by saying this, in the church community, there is something known as, and what I've heard to be known as, the Christers. And what Christers are, are those that attend during Christmas and Easter. They only attend during Christmas and Easter, so it's Christers. Essentially, it's the mentality that, hey, I've got my faith, and uh, I want to do the bare minimum by going Christmas and Easter, the two major holidays, and, um, you know, by me doing priester, uh, then essentially I'm fulfilling my need to qualify for heaven, whatever I'm trying to qualify for, whatever it is, the bare minimum Christmas Easter. So I was thinking about that recently in relation to my particular journey on the many times that I started my journey before, I started my journey wanting to do the bare minimum of what it took to transform my life. I wanted the quick, I wanted the easy, I wanted the simple straightforward, tell me what to do, when to do it, why to do it, and be there uh, when I need motivation and make sure I have drive every single moment so I'm never lacking or I never have to rely on discipline. So that there is a bare minimum mentality. And so there's a good community of folks that are there during Christmas and Easter to, to do the bare minimum. Well, we have to think about that mentality as a whole. Maybe as a society, we struggle sometimes is because we do approach it with the creaster mentality to our weight loss journey. We do the bare minimum on what it's going to take to actually 
transform or go through a, a life-altering transformation. We want to do the bare minimum. And unfortunately, this journey of ours is going to require more than the bare minimum, especially for a full transformation. If you are looking for a full transformation, if you are looking to completely revolutionize the way you approach food, your relationship with it, dealing with food addiction, uh, just overall having a better approach, there isn't a quick or easy way. I'm going to pause because that has to settle in. If you're, be, if you're prepared to lose weight or want to lose weight, there is no quick and easy way. Yes, you can go on keto, you can go on carnivore, you can go on XYZ diet and lose 20, 30, 50, 100 pounds. You can lose the weight, but it's less about what happens to the body and it's more about what happens to the mind. The mind will end up getting your old body back if your mind isn't transformed with your body. So if your body loses 50 pounds, and your mind does not change, your mind, which is at your prior weight, is gonna eventually get your old body back. That's why yo-yo dieting is so popular and so prevalent. That's why you know we, gain, we lose some weight, then we end up gaining it back, or and then some. It's because this journey is way more of a mentality, um, way more of a mental game than it is physical. Because really, any diet, physically, you're gonna lose weight. You have the surgery, you're gonna lose weight. You go on keto, you're gonna lose weight. Whole30, carnivore, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, Nutrisystem, Metafast, you're gonna lose weight. Bottom line, you're gonna lose weight. But to actually transform and keep it off long term and it not be something that you have to battle through again, it has to be a transformation of the mind. And part of that first acknowledgement, and I think part of the, um, there are, it's, it's a grieving process. There are many different processes in something, experiencing something traumatic or going through a substantial change is acknowledgement of the problem and acknowledgement of the truth of what it's going to take to address that problem. And the truth of what it's going to take to transform the mind for health and for weight loss is simply we have to embrace that it. it's not gonna be quick, it's not gonna be easy, it's not gonna happen overnight, and we're gonna to have to put in some substantial work. So the next statement after that is, if you're not prepared to at least put in three years of work on your health journey, I wouldn't even waste three minutes thinking about it. I heard that from someone on Instagram and it just really impacted me because that's what I've really had to understand about this journey is that it wasn't just gonna be, boom, I lost the weight. But no, I'm losing the weight, but I've got to maintain and I've got to hold it and keep it off. And so that bare minimum mentality is detrimental to our journey because we go in thinking, I'm going to lose weight every day on the scale and you're not. I'm going to see a transformation um, within a week, within two weeks. You may or may not. But to embrace the longevity, the consistency, the patience, how long it's going to take and lose sight that it's going to be quick. It's going to be easy and it's just going to happen. Going through that transformation of the mind is, um, is truly what's needed. And, and I'll go into this portion here because it's something that I've just recently recognized with myself and why I've really come to understand the drive that I have. And this comes from the question of what kept you motivated along the journey. 
And one thing I always like to say to start off with, and I've actually put a post on Instagram about this, is that I rarely had motivation along the way. Motivation is rarely there. It's it's just not. You're you're not springing up out of bed, waking up just excited to go to the gym, excited to work out, excited to eat right. You're you're just not. It's a part of the process of learning what you enjoy and finding what you enjoy so that way you can get up with purpose and get up being driven. But th- there's no like hurrah, like let's go. That's rarely there. It's almost coming to the acceptance of that term. Motivation is rarely there. It's building a discipline. But above that, you don't just all of a sudden have a discipline. It's starting small enough that whatever you're doing is something that you can stick to and then add on to later. And so that's probably a good statement to take with is I want to get into something that I can stick to and add on to later. So sticking to six days a week right off the bat, three hours a day, not going to happen. You can do it for a little bit, but consistently, no. Come on. Let's be completely transparent that that's just not going to work. It didn't work for 25 plus years. So speaking from experience, it just didn't work like that. It just did not work like that. So what is something sustainable? Can you do a 15 minute walk around your apartment if you set an iPhone reminder? I would absolutely think that's possible. If you can't walk, if you have um, tough knees or, or your back hurts and you can't, can you do three sets, two sets, one set? of sitting on the edge of the couch, standing up. Sitting back down, standing up. Whatever the amount of reps, whatever you can do, even if it's three, even if it's one, and then building on from there, that is the key to to starting, is doing what you can and building. What can I stick to and what can I build on top of that at a later time? That's important to be successful in the journey. coming to that understanding that it is rarely going to be motivating to do what you got to do to put in the work. It's rarely going to be there. If not, just there's sometimes I'm like, all right, let's go. I saw that Instagram post. I saw that video. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Sometimes, but most of the time that motivation isn't going to be there. And so for me along the way, discipline is what really settled in. Small steps is what really settled in. But a lot of my journey, and I'll be honest, the reason why I stay motivated is because I have a lot of memories of what I couldn't do. And maybe that's something on your journey that might help. Remembering what you couldn't do and materializing you eating right, sticking to plan, you working out, lifting heavy, whatever you're doing, and relating to you doing that is helping chip away the limitations of the past of what you couldn't do. Me, myself, I, uh, and a little bit into my journey, I have been struggling with my weight, and, and um, I, I've mentioned this before, I've been struggling with my weight ever since I was a kid. I was born 11 pounds, I was always the big kid. Fifth grade, I was weighed you know, in front of my entire class. Um, kids looked at me, you're the fattest kid in school. I mean, it just followed me wherever I went. Friendships, relationships, everything in between was all minimized because of my weight. I remember. Oh boy, excuse me. Uh, I remember in, was this fourth grade or third grade? Fourth grade, Mrs. Foster. And uh, if randomly this person listens to this podcast, this is uh, the, the completion of the circle. 
But I remember in fourth grade, there was a girl by the name of Maggie Kirchhoff. And uh, I remember I had a crush on her in elementary school. And I remember saying that to somebody that I know, and I think his name was Telephony, um, and somebody else at my table. I remember telling one of them. And they were pretending to tell her, and I started trying to shush them. And my teacher said, hey, I need you to step out of class. And so while I step out of class, they proceed to tell her. While I walk back in, and it's the most awkward thing ever. Like, it's just uncomfortable and awkward because I know that now she knows. And it was the immediate um, dismissal because of my looks. And it was that instant, amongst all these other instances, where I was just dismissed so quickly. Um, You know, I I have struggled with weight in middle school, high school. I've just had so many struggles with my weight. And so I have a lot of memories of of limitations. Um, I yo-yo dieted. I've been on so many diets. I've lost 100 before, lost 75, lost 60. I've lost 60 pounds in 30 days. I've um, done 500 calories a day with drops. I've everything and anything and everything I've done. And so it finally got to a moment where I had to go to the doctors for some reason. And I'm not sure, now that I think about it, I'm not sure why I even showed up because I was actually avoiding the doctor because I knew he was gonna tell me I needed to do something about my weight. And I didn't want anybody to tell me. Honestly, I was was very prideful, very stubborn. I don't want anyone to tell me that I need to do something about my health or my weight. Uh, I know that I had probably sleep apnea, uh, almost guaranteed I had sleep apnea, and I didn't want anybody to tell me that I needed a machine. I didn't want a machine. but I started noticing some issues where my weight was actually very top heavy. I was very top heavy. I was carrying a lot of weight in my chest and a lot of weight in my midsection. And what would happen is if I didn't have a pillow underneath uh, my head, the weight of my chest and my uh, upper uh, midsection would all move towards my head. And I remember actually being have, having a limited, bre- um, not being able to breathe properly without having my head propped up or have some sort of uh, directional way that my airway could be unobstructed. And so I was noticing some issues. And again, I don't know how I ended up with the doctor, but I remember uh, I was at the doctor and I started telling him, and I'm thinking about it now, I think I might have had to do a physical for work. I think it was a physical for work, if I'm honest. My, uh, I had a new job or I started a new job at that time and they required me to go get a physical because what my, my job was a physically demanding job. I don't know how I did that job, to be honest. Um, being over 500 pounds, I found a way even back then. But I, uh, I'm standing before the doctor and he's, he's being honest with me. He's like, listen, I've had somebody in my office who's struggling with what you're struggling with and I don't have the opportunity to talk with them because they're not around anymore. They died, they passed away in their sleep. I had a good close friend of mine who was living in Utah that passed away from his sleep. Um, my doctor was very honest and transparent. It was very direct. And um, he was very to the point that if you're not here in six months, I'm not surprised. And that's not, hey, you're fat, that's why. No, he's simply directing his intention towards my breathing. At this time, my wife is recording me multiple times a night because I'm making some weird noises while I sleep. It's almost this, uh, and hopefully that comes across on this podcast, that it's almost like this ring, the, the movie The Ring sound. I've never seen The Ring, but I've uh, seen the commercials of uh, like 
that creepy voice that she has. And what I was realizing is that my, while I was sleeping, I was taking in a breath and I was slowly letting the breath out so that my body, and my body was doing this, my body was trying to retain as much, much oxygen as it could, so it was letting out the air slowly. And I remember towards the, kind of towards the end, I was having a hard time sleeping because what I would do is I would turn over in this kind of this sweat, and it would seem like I had just ran a marathon or, or something. I was out of breath, I was trying to catch my breath, and I was constantly waking up in the middle of the night having issues with breathing. And I remember that very vividly, actually. And so my doctor was speaking directly to the foundation of you can't breathe right because your weight is obstructing your airway. And if that happens in a way where your body doesn't adjust, you don't move over to get breath or to take a breath, then you might suffocate and you might die in your sleep. And so that is a very eye-opening conversation especially because you're fully into your food addiction. I'm fully in it. Like I am fully into 13,000 calories a day. Say that again. 13,000 calories a day was my grind. That that just I had it every day. And so I'm fully into it and then to be told I got to turn things around. Whoa. Nope. Nah. -uh. If I'm not around in six months, my doctor isn't surprised. So the choice in me having the surgery was a medical decision. It's not an optional, hey, look, a clinic where I can just go get snipped and be happy. I would love to get tickled. In fact, this takes me back, and I've mentioned this before, uh, brand new me on YouTube. Yeah, whack. Keep it real. Whack. Oh, literally, the email that I got. Oh, you had gastric bypass? We don't do inspirational weight loss stories on uh, folks that had surgery. Uh, was it for medical purposes? The last line, was it for medical purposes? Um, no. I wanted to be tickled in a special way. So I decided to optionally just get the surgery because I, I wanted to have fun with it. Uh, and I, I hope someone on staff at Brand New Me at some point, if you ever listen to this, you gotta do something about your decision making because it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter how you start. Keto, carnivore, Weight Watchers, surgery. The universal understanding is you can gain the weight back. You can gain all of it back. I've got many friends and family members that have gained it back and more with the surgery. So you can gain it back. That's the universal understanding. It doesn't matter how you start and how much you lost. It's what you're doing to keep it off. In fact, I see these stories of brand new me of, wow, I lost blankety blank amount because of this. Well, we need to take a snapshot in five years because I have lost 110 I think I've lost up to 130 pounds at one point. The way that I lost 110 pounds was not a way that I would recommend anybody. I wouldn't work. I wouldn't wish the way I did it on my worst enemy. How I lost 60 pounds in 30 days. So you approach me. Well, how did you lose the weight? And I tell you how to do this. I might be putting your health in very, very, a uh, very detrimental state. So, it, 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 how you start matters less than what you're actually doing to maintain.
and that's so important to capture and to grab onto is what you're doing to maintain. So I had the surgery because I medically needed it. Is it helping me maintain today? It's not. I don't have uh, any restriction. Um, I have made the choice to do this. And this is actually the first time I'm putting this out there. And I've been very protectant with this because I don't want to open any pathways. And I wouldn't recommend this, but it's something that I have personally done. Um, but I enjoy Zevia. Zevia is carbonated. Carbonation is not recommended for uh, weight loss surgery patients. The reason for it is that it could potentially expand your stomach, which would then lead to less restriction and would kind of regulate or turn off whatever kind of assisted guide that, that, that is uh, up front. But I enjoy Zevia. It's carbonated. It's something that a surgery patients shouldn't have, but I enjoy it. I have full, I, I don't have restriction. I can mow through, and I have, an entire crate of the mango slices from Costco. Easy. There, there's just no restriction there. So my journey on how I started and what I'm doing now to maintain has little to do with each other. And so I made that decision when that happened because I needed it. And you've, you've heard this before. And maybe I'm airing out my grievances and maybe this podcast, is, you, you can tune out at this point, but this is me just kind of speaking out to the air. Um, part of my drive today, and that, that this is kind of going somewhere that I, I didn't plan on initially, but I think it's going to be uh, hopefully useful in regards to understanding my drive a little bit. Like I, I get that people find inspiration and motivation for my journey. And I, I, I'm grateful that, man, it, it's such a humbling and impactful thing to hear and see when someone says, your post motivated, motivated me today to go to the gym. Your uh, post motivated me to um, you know, not do this or not do that. Um, you inspired me to, uh, those, I mean, Without a lack of better words, those are so unspeakably rewarding to know that something that I potentially can share can help somebody. You know, even my video of, of workouts that you can do on a road from a long road trip, a couple people mentioned how it would be useful. That's so cool. And it's kind of kid in a candy store kind of feeling for me. That's the coolest thing in the world. That is so cool that something that I can share can somehow impact somebody and, and help them on their journey. And so my journey, I get sharing it online is inspiration and motivational, but I do know that a lot of people turn me off, tune me out, unfollow, don't follow, watch from afar, simply because I started with the surgery. It's not because I'm maintaining. It's not because I've got the drive and motivation to go to the gym. It's not because I've, you know, got a, um, I'm a certified fitness specialist, or that I've got a weight loss program that battles the mental health and nutritional health, and that I've got workouts. And uh, it, it has literally nothing to do with that. There, there is no interest whatsoever. But because I, uh, but, and because I had the surgery, it, it's a complete tune out of oh, you won't be able to relate or understand. Like I've worked through mental health and food addiction, but because I started with the surgery, I just don't and can't understand. And so part of my continued drive and motivation is you tune me out, 
but I'm still working to maintain years later. I'm still working to try to maintain the hard work that I've put in. And so that, that that's real big for me. And kind of connecting it to the reason why and, and kind of the last point that I was going to make on this podcast, I understand more what kept me going along the way. Because again, motivation isn't going to be there. It's really more of a discipline. I went to a gym last night and I found myself doing a particular rep of sets. And I remember doing it so, you know, just getting into it, excited to be back in the gym, putting in the work, just getting after it. And I remember being out of breath and I remember huffing and puffing going, man, this is work. And then immediately took me to the thought and it's reminded me that it has in the past many times taken me to the thought of when I was out of breath sleeping. That when I couldn't breathe, when I was just laying down going to sleep, I now can't breathe because of a choice. I'm choosing to be out of breath to take care of myself. I'm not out of breath because I'm just trying to stay alive. My body is not trying to do everything that it can to keep me alive so that I don't die because of suffocation. And now I'm in a position where I'm out of breath because I'm putting in the work. That's a drive for me. That's a, what kept you going? That. That right there. If you're listening to this podcast, you were probably pointed to this podcast because you asked what kept you going along the way. That. Now, my particular journey and your particular journey are going to be completely different. Maybe you've never experienced being out of breath. Maybe you've never experienced having a doctor say that you're potentially going to die. And if you're not around in six months, I wouldn't be surprised. That might not be your story. But that kind of memory tapping in is necessary to keep it going. You got to tap into your limitations. You got to tap into what you couldn't do before. You got to tap into what was being held back that you wanted to do that you couldn't do because of your weight. You've got to remember that when times are tough. You've got to remember that when everything's going south and you need to trek north. You need to remember and hold on to the reason why you pushed it in the first place, why you started it in the first place, why you did and why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. You've got to somehow, some way, tap into it. And if your why isn't strong enough, if your excuses are louder than your your why, then it's going to be another vicious cycle of doing it and then not doing it. And again and again going through that vicious cycle of doing it, not doing it. You've got to find a strong enough why. You've got to remember the limitations. You've got to pull to the memories that you've had and use that and grab on to the fact that you couldn't be the full person that you wanted to be because of your health. And now, if you're starting, if you're taking care of your health, you're doing it not to just look good in jeans, not to just impress somebody or get that reaction from somebody or have that revenge body. Like, that's all well and great as like an an accessory to the journey. But really, the the, the why of uh, I gotta be around longer, I've got to take care of the one body I've got. I don't want to die early. I want to be around for my kids, for my family. I don't want to bear an undue burden upon my family 
with my untimely passing, a whole bunch of whys. You gotta tap into those. Well, I couldn't go on the roller coaster. There's a limitation. I couldn't go out in public without having to wear a shirt. In your personal, like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna anyone to see, I've gotta wear a shirt. That's a limitation. Um, I don't want people looking at me when I walk into a store. That's a limitation. There's all kinds of limitations there. All kinds of ways that we can be limited. It's those things that we need to tap into that's really going to give us the source and foundation and motivation to keep going. What kept you going along the way? For me, my limitation of breathing was huge, was vital, was essential for me to keep going. What is your limitation? What is your, I couldn't do that, I can't do that? What is it? Use that, use that to be the foundation of why you're pushing and why you keep pushing. Because it's not gonna get any easier. You're just gonna get stronger. It's not going to get any easier. You're just simply going to get stronger.